Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. That's right. It is HopeNet Radio tonight. Jeff and DW, your hosts on the show. Kyle and Todd are joining us again. We can't seem to get rid of these guys. You never will. Yeah, apparently not. So uh, you yeah, can. They're, they're like a bad rash, man. <laughs> they are but like it, a bad but rash. The good kind we of might bad not rash. be back next week. Oh, yeah? No, we will. <laughs> yeah, no, bad rashes are always back. We're crashing this party. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're changing the locks, guys. Uh, <laughs> you already anyway. did, and we got the key. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, tonight. In fact, Jeff, you don't have a key, do you? Uh, all right, tonight we got to talk about some important stuff. We got a lot of stuff to go on the show tonight. And uh, you can get involved in the conversation tonight if you email us, hope at hopenet360.com, anytime during the show or even after the show because we'll still reply to your emails. And you can connect with us also on Facebook and Twitter if you want to send us a message, post on our wall, send us a direct message, you know, the usual. Um, so, Dave, tonight uh, let's, let's open up um, with more or less our discussion for tonight so this show is all about conversations and we believe that if we open the dialogue we open up the conversation that not only will it get us talking but other people will start talking you guys the listeners uh, will be able to have some open conversations and we would love to get your perspectives and your insights on the things that we discuss on this show anytime during the week and even during the show so tonight dave we are talking about living with abandon uh this last week we had students from around the country and around the world get out of their comfort zone and go and stand at their flagpole at see you at the pole that was this last week do they do that in the whole world i mean they does do that go it, over the whole world it's a global prayer movement so when awesome. i when i look and i and i picture the american flag on up the pole that's not right it could be any flag it could be any flag i want to hear it from our listeners i want to hear from some listeners in some other countries so you go to our facebook and do that kind of thing i'd like to hear from you yes and actually on our website you can report if you have a report of your see you at the pole numbers or stories or testimonies or pictures yeah, or pictures. Um, pictures, post them at our Facebook page or connect with us on Twitter or email. Um, but go to our website, hopenet360.com, and you can report there your numbers, and then we can update our statistics. And you can see just how many students joined you around the world, literally, um, at See You at the Pole this week. So tonight's show, Living with Abandon, we're going to talk about what we do from this point on, how we do it. And this also involves college students. It involves parents. It involves adults, people who, if you're a believer in Christ, okay, now what? So you say you're a Christian. Now, how do we how do we go about living from this point forward? What What is our life supposed to look like? Yeah. You know, and, I, I think it's a great question. And I wonder, Todd and Kyle, why should somebody even live for God? I mean, why? Why would you want to? I mean, why not live for yourself? Why not make the most out of this life right now for yourself? Ignore God. Grab all the gusto you can uh, and just focus on you. Why? Why not? Because God's really clear that if you try to do that, go ahead, your life's going to be miserable. I think he's very clear that if you live by what he's given you, you're going to have a great life. Now, have you ever seen examples of that, though? 
of of people who have said both sides people who are miserable oh, yeah. and people who are, are really satisfied in life well I, I look at your life as a life that i want to emulate in that you have a smaller house you're you do very know I, I don't like cats and i, and I hate cats and, as well and too, i think so. about kicking them every once in a while <laughs> dave <laughs> at hope <Hope-Mithry 69. laughs> yeah, that's dark hold on <laughs> but, but i'm saying okay i was saying something nice yeah. I, was, I was saying i want to emulate dave because he he's small simple life Follows the Lord. I, I'm jealous of. I'm not jealous, but I I I want to emulate that in my life. And he hates and cats. I, no, not that part. I I don't. Yeah, hate but he cats. hates cats already, so I don't have to teach him that one. <sighs> I, I like don't really nature. like cats that much, but they're all right, I guess. I'm allergic though, so never mind. Oh well, then it makes sense. But then, but then I see lives like like certain people in my family have gone down the wrong road and said, kind of, I'm gonna do this my own way, God, and I am not at all envious of their life. And I don't. I think they're more envious of my life and my decision to kind of give my life to the Lord. Not to kind of to give my life to the Lord. So, do you, do you ever see when somebody's envious of a life? What they do, they try and destroy the life they're envious of. Do you ever notice that? Yeah. So, so they'll really look for a problem. Like, um, if you want to get everybody to criticize you, become a president of, of the United States. I mean, just become the president, and and all of a sudden, I know it sounds like a real easy thing to do. But but once you become the president, it's like everybody knows more than you, no matter what you do. And, and they'll let everybody know. Just become the president of a company. Just become a pastor of a church. Just become somebody who's in charge of anything. Yeah. <laughs> and, and everybody else will know what to do better than you, but they won't do it. It's kind of interesting how we do that. Um, you know, as I think about it, uh, there are so many people that think that really they have the wrong impression of God. For example, let's just go back to the beginning for a second. God created the universe. He created everything. And he created it with purpose. Now, now some people might be saying, I, I, I really don't believe that. Well, um, you know, this right here in my hand is what? Uh, what is this? This is a pen. They pen. can't see it, it guys. It's a pen. Yeah, I know. They can't see it. It's radio. <laughs> that, was a, that was a trick question for those of you out in radio land. <laughs> but the guys here can see it. So it's a pen. And and actually, the pen was created by somebody. Would you think it was? Definitely. Definitely. Are Did you not, sure, Todd? Oh, for sure. Todd, you I'm said sure. that. You said that like confidently. Mm, it, yes. it, it, so, do you know the guy? No, no, I don't know. So, how guy. do you know? Did you see it get designed? No, but I mean, stuff... do you believe it was designed or just created by some guy someday? No, it was designed and created. Why? Why do you say these things? Because. They're really no slow like... up, slow up. Okay, okay. because here I, I I want you to understand something. I want I want you to tell me why in the world this is not something that was just a blob of plastic that ended up filling itself with ink and turning into a pen one day. Can you help me out here? It doesn't have thought. It can't like think through that. Like oh, I think I'll be a pen today. All right. Mm. Otherwise, know, I could be a pen today. Do you do you think that's a dumb thing to ask you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when someone says that the world didn't get created by God, do you think that's a smart thing or a dumb thing? Based on our conversation about a pen being designed by somebody, I think to look at the world and think that happened by accident, I think that's not very thought through. Misinformed. Okay. Yeah. So so this is my only point with that. This pen actually pen was point. designed. <laughs> yeah, point, pen point, yes. The, the pen was actually designed by somebody for a specific purpose. All right? That, that's all I'm saying. What I'm really wanting us to understand is that if you look at your life and you look at the world, it is obvious that it's quite complex as far as how it's put together. I mean, the universe and how it operates, you're, you know, you got a liver and you got a nervous system and you got a circulatory system. It's really obvious that you have 
systems that are put together, work together, that somehow you are designed even more sophisticated than this big pen I'm holding, even, even more sophisticated than that. So, so we can conclude that since the pen had a designer and the pen was designed with a purpose, nobody said, I'm just going to de- design something one day that nobody will want, nobody needs, we have no purpose for it. Nobody does that. And, and since that's true, we can look at our lives and the world and say, well, there's a designer there too. Now, my simple conclusion at the beginning of our program is if there is a designer and if there is a design, then there's a proper way to live within the context of that design. That's all. And that's what I think we need to examine today as as we talk about things. Because if we live right, if you use this pen right, it works well, the pen's happy, if if a pen could be happy. So, like, it wouldn't be a good idea to use the pen to say, like, archery. Right. I I mean, you you could. I tried it. yeah, not not uh, successful. <laughs> I, I don't doubt it. You make some some judgments. I wonder about being a bear fan and everything. So I I understand Ooh. that. You, I yeah, mean, no, no, we got to go place. somewhere else, Kyle. Don't go there. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the bottom line really is, I, I hope I hope what we can get across today as we talk in our discussion is just an honest discussion about how we were made, and and when we understand that, I think we'll live with abandon. I think we'll live in a way that um, actually matters. I mean, I remember once a group of football players went to another country and they were they were just serving. And before they left, um, I wrote them a letter and uh, and I just said, uh, live as if it matters, you know, just live and do things as if it matters. And, you know, the, the guys were, were so impacted by that one silly statement that they put it on a T-shirt and they just looked at it every day. Live as if it matters. There are people out there listening right now that actually do not think their life matters. And they're, you're wrong. If, if you think that right now, you're wrong. I want you to listen because we're going to be talking about how things were designed. And, and there is a very specific design, and your life does matter. You, you just need to understand how it is because um, there are so many people around you that will try and tear you down and make it not matter. You have to look at the right place. And, and I have a story about looking in the right place that uh, maybe in the next segment I'll, I'll share with you. Yeah, when we come back, we're going to continue this conversation. Again, remember, you can email us anytime during the show, and please do, hope at hopenet360.com. And we're going to play some music. We'll be right back. You've got it locked in to HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting, stressed out, need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at hopenet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Tonight, our topic is living with abandon, and you need to get in on the conversation tonight. Email us during the show, hope at hopenet360.com, or connect with us on Facebook and Twitter and leave us some messages there as well. Just your thoughts, what you're thinking as we're talking about some of these different things questions that you have in your head we would love to hear from you tonight so dave kyle todd you guys made a a comment um i don't know how you said it at first but that people who do not know christ are miserable um or not blessed and can i clarify i can well let me let me preface it with this okay if you look at some of the i mean forbes just released the top 400 the top billionaires in the world many of them are not necessarily christians they Mm -hmm. may adapt some of the positive thinking that you can take from the Bible and people do that. Um, but I would look at them and I don't know from my advantage, I'm not a billionaire, but I would look at them and think 
they got to be somewhat happy, right, with like some of what they're making. They make all the money. Do you think they're miserable? You know, it, it, it's very interesting you say that because what we're saying is that in order for us to be okay, we, we have to be people who love money. And, and, and in order for us to be okay, we have to have money. And, and what's really interesting is when you look at what is said in the Bible about that. When I go into a hospital and I talk to somebody who's suffering and, and dying, maybe from cancer or, or something along that line, what I find is that all the money they have in the world at that point doesn't satisfy them. Um, there are many people, if you look in Hollywood and different places, that have money. And the money is not something that stops them from killing themselves because this life isn't worth it to them. See, so money itself isn't really something that you and I will find satisfying. And, and God knows that. Uh, which, what's really interesting is that if we put money in the wrong arena and we live for money, we go against the purposes of God. In Matthew, Jesus said this, you cannot serve God and money. Now, that's very interesting. So so here's what I know, and here's what I think, Kyle, I'm going to let you clarify what you meant a, a little bit earlier, okay. but, but here, here's what I understand. God is saying, it, it, he never said that if you love him and serve him and walk with him, that he'll be your sugar daddy in the sky. I mean, that, that's not what he said. No. So, so, so he did say, though, that there will be this peace that passes understanding that comes to you. And, and even though you go through the same circumstances as other people, you will go through it victoriously. And, and that's what's very interesting. Well, I, this is what I kind of meant. When I, I see Paul in jail and by the world standards has everything to complain and cry about, and yet he's rejoicing and singing praise. That's the kind of joy and happiness that I think Christ gives you at the cross. That can only be found through living the way that that God gives you to live. So when I see that, I I want that. I want when my life by the world standards looks like it's the hardest, me to be rejoicing and be my most joyful. Yeah. And that's that's like kind of like what I want to strive towards. But then at the same time, there's been times in my life where I maybe have not walked away from God. I don't want to say that at all because that's not true, but kind of gone against God. And that's the most miserable time of my life that I can ever remember. So it's like, and you might have had money, and you might have people around well, you. Yeah, no, and I, you might have had pizza. <laughs> some good, pretty good pizza, I, would, I might add. Yeah, but I, what I mean is that there's times where, when I've walked away from God, I've been miserable, and then when I've decided, okay, I'm, God, I'm all in for you, and I've been the happiest I've ever been with maybe not so much money, not having a great plan, not knowing what I'm gonna do. And yet I have this peace because I know that I gave my life to Christ. He's not He's not going to just spit on me and say, okay, the, Yeah, it's not over. purposeless. No. It's not purposeless. The, the suffering isn't purposeless. You know, it, it's interesting. Our idea about, uh, about God is really he is a sugar daddy. I mean, in other words, I need to pray. He needs to give me what I want. And if he doesn't, he doesn't exist. And, and I'm telling you, that's a bad idea. Uh, let me read one verse, if I can, in the Bible. First Timothy, it's found in the book of First Timothy, chapter 6, the 10th verse. And it says, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evils. Root. It holds up all kinds of evils. It's not the evil itself. The money isn't the evil. It's the root. It is, it is through the craving. Listen to what it says. It is through this craving, craving for money, that some have wandered away from the faith and, faith and pierced themselves with many troubles. Now, now, that's very interesting. It's because they have loved money. You know, it's really weird here. 
You know, Jeff, you have a, a young son. Yes. Right. And um, and I and I know you love him. You've talked about him, and, and it's obvious you love your wife. Do you love your car? I like when it runs. Do you love your car? Put it in comparison to your son or your wife. In comparison, no, not okay. not on the same level. You see, what happens is we become really weird. We start loving things, and we weren't meant to do that. Mm-hmm. We weren't meant to do that. We were meant to love each other. And when you love things, you become weird. I'm sorry. That weird. Put another phrase in there. You become unnatural, uh, doing something that you weren't meant to do. And and anybody in life who does things that they're not meant to do, it doesn't work well. You know what I mean? And, and that's what we're talking about. So if money is your ultimate end, and that's what you love, and that's what guides you, and you go against what God said when he said, you can't serve money and me, and you don't understand that money can be the root of a lot of problems. Yep. It's not evil. Money itself is an evil. And we can talk more about that if you want, but, but we have to put it in perspective. We've been defining success and talking about money and how money does impact our perception of who we are. It affects our purposes in life, what we think we're here for. And um, so I want to continue on this topic of success. There are things that get in the way of us being successful you know, in life. Keep that thought, but let me ask a question to these guys. Okay. Um, Todd, Kyle. Can somebody who's dirt poor be happy? Absolutely. Yes. Is it sin to be poor? No. Okay, thanks. We can go on. I, and I, I, I think some people believe, honestly, that you know, if they're poor, like that's evil or, or that that's sinful. And, and that is not true. Jesus chose to be poor. I've heard when people, he could do everything he wanted to, he chose poor. I've heard people say that the happiest time of their life was when they didn't have a lot. Yeah, yep. I would it, agree. Um, I think people look at it in some ways as finances are the primary blessing from God. All right, now I'm going to age myself here. You guys know who Neil Sedaka is? <laughs> nope. Okay, singer. <laughs> he, he he sung a song once, and uh, and the song was talking about how he was climbing to the top. But then when he got there... He only wished he could go back and climb again because it wasn't what it was cut out to be. <laughs> and, and you know, as, as, I wasn't even a Neil Sedaka fan, actually, but it, it's, it's very interesting to hear him sing that song because it talks about his scratching and fighting, getting to the top. And then when he got to the top, he wanted to go back because the scratch and the fight was fun. Yes. But being at the top was boring. And, and yeah. that's where it ended up. And, and I think most people find that out. Ask an old guy who's got everything in life. When, when my mom was about to die, she wanted two things before she died. To see my brother Rick and myself. That's it. She didn't ask for any money. She didn't ask for any, anything else. She just wanted to be with those she loved at that moment. See, she left the world with nothing. And she came in with nothing. And all of us will be the same. And everyone who lives today will find that out. So it's the old Neil Sedaka thing. I missed the hungry years is the name of that song. If you want to Google it and find it, that's, uh, but I missed the hungry years because that's it. Yeah. Um, anyone who's successful will tell you that even those who are at the top of the heap will tell you, uh, you remember, uh, again, I'm an old guy, but R- Rockefeller, um, the name. Oh, yeah. I know him. Uh, okay. The, I mean, there's a center named boy. after him in, in New York and that kind of, why is it in New York? He's got a thing named after him. Then. Plaza. Yeah. All right. Anyway, I don't know. Uh, Rockefeller, when was he asked, and he was like the world's richest guy in his day, and people would ask him, you know, how much money is enough? He goes, one more dollar, man, one more dollar. I got to make one more. Why? I haven't found it yet. I haven't oh. found it. I, you know, what he was expecting is one day 
he's going to get that dollar and it's going to go, all right, I'm, I'm now happy. I am now. And it never happened in his entire life. Tonight, I want to make something really clear. Uh, money itself is not evil. No. It, it's the root of it and it can really lead to some things. I think it, what actually gets us in trouble with money is when we have a wrong perception of what it's worth really is. And if we put so much stock, quote unquote, in our finances, in our possessions, and we use that to justify who we are and, and get our worth from, it's it's going to leave us devastated at some point when it no longer is there. I mean, it, if you don't have a right view of finances, your finances as a resource and a way to invest in things in life, you'll use it and you'll abuse it and it'll leave you high and dry. So we're going to continue this conversation. When we come back, we're going to take a break, play some music. You've got it locked in, HopeNet Radio tonight. Thanks for joining us. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Hope you're enjoying the show so far. If you're enjoying the show, let us know. Hope at HopeNet360.com. Send us an email. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Dave and I are hanging out. If you don't enjoy the show, good show, don't uh, let us know. Actually, if you hate the show, email us as well. Uh, that would be really awesome. So yeah, email Kyle. Kyle. Kyle at, at HopeNet360.com. What's their deal? Anyway. <laughs> What's this guy's deals? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> so brutal tonight. Anyway, uh, we would love to hear from you during the show, and you can email us your questions, your comments. We've been talking about money. We've been talking about success. Uh, we've been talking about um, just essentially the, the title of tonight's show is to live with abandon. If you get a chance to check out globalrichlist.com, it's a website, globalrichlist.com. And we will have a link on our post for tonight's show. But there's a website out there that allows you to go and put in your annual income and see how it compares to the rest of the world. So, you know, there's nothing like putting things in perspective and getting into reality and, and seeing how even the average person, $20,000 per year income, the most what we would consider poorest people in the world um, or in the country um, can be actually in the top 4%, top 5% of the world's richest people. So globalrichlist.com is the website. Check it out. I want to, Dave, talk a little bit about the story of Jonah. Um, there, If you grew up in kids' church, you went to Sunday school, you've probably heard the story of Jonah. Jonah was this guy that God told to go to Nineveh, and Jonah went the opposite way and ran away and you know, got onto this boat with the other guys, and all of a sudden the storm came up, and the guys were afraid, and they cast lots and said, you know, why it fell on Jonah. Jonah was the reason they figured for why the storm was coming up. And so they threw him overboard. He got swallowed by a fish and boom, he's on the shores of Nineveh. So I want us actually to go more in depth with that story and just talk a little bit about that. So would you put in perspective for us? Maybe people who are listening tonight don't quite understand who these people in Nineveh really were. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of times when we study the Bible or we read the Bible, we don't grasp what the Bible is really saying. By that, I mean, sometimes the story is about an individual, and in it, there's a lot of details. But it's really about an individual. When God looks at us, he looks at people. He doesn't, he doesn't look at talents or gifts, because he doesn't need those things. He doesn't even need us. He wants us. See, that's hugely different. God doesn't need Jonah to do this. He wants Jonah to get in on demonstrating who he is. That's really what you have to understand. He doesn't need you. He wants you. And, and you can think about that. That's very important to grasp. And what we understand, though, is the Bible is, is written 
there's characters in the Bible that all have different personalities. And these personalities are not good or bad, just like your personality is not good or bad. When you, when you think about it, Jeff, there's, if you were to classify all personalities into two major categories, it would be extroverted and introverted. And, what do those words mean? Okay, extroverted. Um, you cannot stand being alone. You get your energy from crowds, all right? That's not bad. It's just that's how you get your energy. If there's a party, you're doing the limbo. You know what I mean? That, that's an extrovert. That's Kyle. Yeah. And, no. And it, no, he's actually not that way. I'm an introvert. Yeah. Oh. A, an oh. introvert is you get your energy from small groups or from being alone. That's how you get your energy. Now, that, that's the simplest definition. And I sure. would love to dialogue with um, introverts that are, are listening to us. Um, I happen to have done a lot of studying on this, and I, and I think, man, the introverts are very gifted, and the extroverts are very gifted. You look at the Bible, it tells us that we're all different body parts, and it's a good thing that we are. Mm-hmm. And it's very important that you are okay with the body part that God put you in. And, and so what's interesting is you interpret things differently. It is well known, uh, and it's a fact, that an introvert and an extroverted personality sees the world differently. For example, uh, an introvert, if they see something happen, it, it's a longer route through their brain than it does an extrovert. An extrovert is a very direct, short route, and it usually goes from sight to mouth type of thing. Hmm. So, so the extrovert actually will think aloud and talk aloud, and they're thinking while they're talking. So, <laughs> so they're talking aloud. The introvert, in normal situations, will not say anything they haven't thought about. Mm-hmm. Now, an extrovert finds that odd. Because they're talking all the time, and they're not thinking about it. They're just talking, and, and, and that's how they're thinking. And, and, and I remember talking to an introvert once who said, are you kidding me? They didn't mean that? And I said, no, he's an extrovert. And, and, and what I was saying was, no, he's sorting it out right now. Let him sort it out. At the end, he's going to come to a conclusion. See, there's nothing evil about that. It's, it's how we're made. And, and really, you say, well, introverts can't stand up in front of a group and talk. You know, actually, I test out as an introvert. I'm on the radio all the time. I'm talking to people all the time. But I test out as an introvert. I, I really get my energy from smaller groups. Uh, like right now, there's four of us in the studio. We're talking. I, that's how I get my energy. Yeah. In large crowds, I get drained and I need to get, get away. So, so I am an introvert. It's just some are more introverted. I mean, there are levels of this. Uh, what we need to understand, and, and, and then I'm going to get on to Jonah, but what we need to understand is that whatever your personality is, it isn't an excuse. It's a reason to be used by God. Exactly. Kyle, I'd like to get your perspective. You're an introvert. Yeah. So what does that mean for you? How does how does that affect your relationships or um, your surroundings that you the situations you put yourself in? Well, you know what? I I enjoy people. I enjoy talking to people. I actually think I'm pretty good with people. The thing is with me, though, if I'm around a lot of people meeting new people often, I just get (laughs) I get drained and I want (laughs) to. Go be by myself and read a book for a while because I just – I enjoy my alone time. I enjoy my time by myself. Um, Do you feel guilty about things. that? No, I don't. I don't feel guilty about that at all I, You know, because at the same time, when people are around, I enjoy people too. I just know that if I'm around people too much, I'll go crazy. I Have you ever heard talent. someone tell an introvert though that you got to be more outgoing? You're not, there's something wrong with you. You, you need to – you know, yeah, have I have, and you know what? I haven't so much got that because I, I'm, I'm introverted, but I'm slightly introverted. I think I'm more like you that yeah, way, yeah. and I can be around people and be loud and be obnoxious, like it, like an extrovert. Would. It's kind of like being ambidextrous. Yeah, yeah, it is. Todd, what are you? I'm an extrovert by one percent. 
I'm like more in the middle than most anybody I've ever met. You fence riders. Yeah, anyway. You know what? It, actually, all three of us are right there. I mean, if if yeah. I were to look at these guys' personalities in mind, we're we're all right there. I mean, I we you know he leans, Todd leans to the extrovert. Kyle and I lead to the introvert, but not to an extent where it really does much. Um, mm-hmm. However, I do know that if you're introverted out there, you have been told. If you're extremely introverted, you have been told, well, you need to be more outgoing. You need to do this. And you know what's really interesting is when you try and do that, it looks weird yeah. because it's not who you are. You, I'm, I am telling you this as, a, as an older guy. You need to be who you are and enjoy that. And if you don't know how to do that, you need to get with somebody who's older that can help you get there because, because God made you that way. You fit in the body that way, and it's important that you live out that way. And, and those of you that, that are um, quieter and those that are introverted, hear it from me right now. There is nothing wrong with that, and there's nothing wrong with you. Yep. Do not believe that for a moment. Okay, we've got a minute. And so, Dave, I want to get your take on Nineveh. Who were the people of Nineveh in the story of Jonah? Yeah, the people of Nineveh were crazy people. And if I'm Jonah, who knows? You know, God tells me, I want you to go talk to these people and tell them they're wrong. There's a couple interesting things. Now, Jonah could have been an introvert. I don't know. But the people of Nineveh, they used to um, go to war and beat other countries. And they would take these soldiers, cut their heads off, and line the roads with their skulls before they would go back. They used to, um, and I mean, I've read this. I mean, I can't verify it all. I wasn't sure. there. But they used to take the kings that they would conquer, r- rumor has it, and skin them alive and then put their skins on the walls. Yeah. Wow. I mean, really, in their day, anyone that was asked to go to Nineveh to tell them that they were evil, not good. Right. I mean, th- that was not something like you'd run to. Yeah. And, and so, w- which proves, you know, Jonah, first of all, I don't think Jonah wanted them forgiven. I don't think he wanted him forgiven. I think that's an issue he had to deal with. But secondly, he went directly against God and said, no way. And he got in a boat going the opposite direction. Yes. Oh, yeah. Try that. Try and run from God and think you're going to win on that one. Yeah. You complete know? opposite direction. Yeah, complete. It, it, and and he, he didn't make any bones about it. Yep. Do, you, do you realize he was willing rather to die than listen to God? Yeah. And God said, oh, really? I'm not letting that happen. In fact, instead, you're going to be fish vomit. And, and, he, and he threw him up on the shore. That's awesome. And, and, and if you think about it, when, when he became fish vomit, I mean, he looked weird. So these other, this boat, after the storm, went back, and rumor had it, they threw him over, and they were talking. And all of a sudden, he shows up with no hair, and it looks really weird. And he walks into Nineveh, and I think everyone goes, whoa, listen to this dude. He's really weird. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. But, so even God used that. But, but he tried to run. He tried to run. Yeah. If you're going to try and run, you lose. I promise. Yeah, we're going to take a break. We're going to continue on in Nineveh and the story of Jonah when we come back. You're listening to HopeNet Radio. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to HopeNet Radio. It's the second half of the show. Remember, you can email us on the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. And connect with us also on Facebook and Twitter. Last week, Dave, I'd mentioned that we're going to do something, and I'm going to put it off till next week, but we want to do this right the Dear Me Letter Project. So what we're asking you to do is to write a letter to yourself. And not just any old letter, not, uh, not you know, I wish you watched Barney more often when you grow up. Um, 
not stuff like that. The dinosaur. What, yeah, the dinosaur. I love wow. It. Um, we don't want that. What, what we're the purple one? Yeah, the purple one. We're asking you to get in. Did you watch that? I watched it sadly when I was. And we're doing a show together. Old. Well, go on. I Dave. watch it too. We'll I watch it too. We can I connect. I don't know if we later. can be friends. I don't 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 bring we can be friends, Jeff. I'm checking my Facebook. I like Barney. Yeah, you're out. <laughs> I haven't liked Barney on Facebook officially. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> Have you done it unofficially? I no. <laughs> All right, just checking. Have you even checked out his page? I love does you. does he have a page? <laughs> Please. <look. laughs> but I digress. It's getting weird. All right. Well, where are we going with this? All right. Well, we're asking you to do uh, with the dear me letter project is to write yourself a letter of the most meaningful words that you could say to yourself, Barney. If you're not Barney, that's a meaningful word. If you're a teenager, write a letter 10 years down the road. What you would say to yourself, what you would want to say to yourself, or what you'd want someone else to say to you. I believe words are powerful and they have significant meaning. If you're an adult, maybe you're a parent, you're a grandparent, and you're listening to the show, that's awesome. I applaud you. We love you listening. Uh, write a letter to your younger self and what words of wisdom you'd give, what things that you wish people said to you more often and then email those letters if you can you can scan them in or you can do a digital copy whatever email them to hope at hopenet360.com and we will read them on the air during the show so all that to say we've been talking about the story of jonah tonight's show is live with abandoned and the story of jonah is very intriguing um, if you grew up and you were in the church and you went to sunday school and you heard the story of jonah you knew he was swallowed by a whale you knew he's puked up on shore you didn't really understand maybe why this happened or what the whole context was with it. So we're trying to give some insight, and Dave is talking a bit about these barbaric people of Nineveh. We're talking about that. We're talking about how introverts and extroverts God can use and will use. And one of the things, Dave, that I love about the story of Jonah itself is that you see how God is significant and he's specific on some things. I mean, let's let's look at the person of Jonah for a second. So Jonah, who was this guy? Yeah, Actually, Jonah is a nobody. Basically, Basically. Yeah. He, he was a Hebrew guy, right? And so but that, but it wasn't like Jonah was the most qualified person in the world or anything. He was just a guy. He was just an average guy. Yeah. Okay. God asked him something to do something. And what did God ask him to do? To go and tell people that they were wicked, and to tell them that they need to change how they think or repent. Okay, so you got this guy Jonah. God's told him to go and tell people that they're doing something wrong, who are barbaric, who are bullies, who are evil. By, by perception. Was this a public school you were sending him to? It almost sounds that way. It does. I'm, I'm just wondering. Dave, is there some place, if you looked across America right now, that you would probably not want to be a missionary to, uh, to give this news to? There are several places, actually. I mean, um, I, right away, a few things come up to my mind. Um, Las Vegas, certain parts of the University of Wisconsin at Madison. I mean, just uh, those, you know, an atheist convention. And why would it be? Why would that be? Because there'd be sharks in the water there. I mean, really, when you think about it, uh, you know, what they look for is Christian chum in the water. Mm-hmm. If you know what chum is, it's stuff they throw in the water to attract sharks. Yep. And, and they're really, their desire is to destroy, not to dialogue. And, and likewise, when you, and you can see this all through history. I mean, you can see it in Stephen and the Christians in the early Testament, that kind of thing. Yep. But what happens is they want to destroy the person. They don't want to dialogue about what they believe in. And, and when that happens, you're in trouble. What God was asking Jonah to do was to go and dialogue 
and say, what you're doing is not right, and God desires something different so life could be different for you and your family. That's what he's saying, because in the end, if you don't listen to God, you lose. And God, in his own loving richness of grace and mercy, was wanting to send Jonah to them to stop them so that they wouldn't be destroyed, because God's just, and he's going to do what he says. And, And that's what we have to understand. It wasn't a message. I mean, Jonah probably interpreted it like a lot of us do. Oh, God, you're just up there saying, you guys turn or burn, man. And that's all you're about, God. You're just going to give them some more rules. When really it was God's grace and it was mercy he was trying to express. And Jonah was thinking, no, I got to go there and talk to these people. And I don't even like them. They just defeated our country. I I don't like them. I don't want them to have mercy. And not only that, I could suffer. I don't want to do those things. There's nothing good about this. I'm leaving. Kyle, your perspective on Jonah. Do you think Jonah was purely afraid of the people of Nineveh? No, I don't. I think that he was uh, – I think he knew that God was going to forgive them, and he was mad, and he didn't want them to be forgiven. I look at it like this. The Assyrians, which Nineveh is the capital of Assyria at that time, um, just took over Israel, which was – Israel split into two two nations, was Judah and then Israel. Um, Jonah was from Judah, but Israel was still close to Judah. They were still like – that was yeah. still kind of a part of it. So Relatives. If, yeah, so if I think uh, – thinking like that, like – if somebody came and t- took over half of America or half of U- the United States and then I was told – and these were sick, nasty, hate God people. You know, I-, I would have a really hard time with going and preaching God's word over there and loving them while doing that. Now, it's easy to say, oh, yeah, I could love them and do that, blah, blah, blah. But in my mind, it's like I hate these guys. Like the guys who flew a plane into the World Trade Centers. It's hard for me to imagine saying, oh, yeah, I can go preach the Bible to them. I mean – Sure, it's easy to say, but if I saw them, I the first thing I think of is anger and kind of why would you do this? You know, like yeah. so me putting myself in Jonah's shoes, I can understand why he's kind of like, Why am I doing this? What's the point? Not saying that he was at all right in what he did, but I, I can relate to Jonah. He was kind that. of he was responding about how he felt. Yeah, absolutely. Inside. Yeah. Todd, can you relate to Jonah in any way as far as how this story goes? Is were there people or are there people Maybe specific people in your life that you would look at and say, it's not even worth my effort. Yeah, there's people like that. I mean, I remember one time um, I had made a statement. Um, I just commented on somebody's Facebook status, and it wasn't even really meant to be political, but this guy took it political and deleted me as a friend on Facebook. I'm like, what what happened to... America, where we can't even dialogue about stuff like this to just shut shut you out. And people like that, I'm like, if you automatically assume that you're right and you're not even willing to learn or even dialogue, I have very little respect or I just don't want to waste my time. And Jonah probably felt that about the people of Nineveh. Like, they weren't going to listen anyway. So why why go there? You know, it's interesting, though. When you look at that and you just think about it, but what did Jesus do, really? He went to um, the woman at the well. He went to somebody who was really messed up and nobody else would go to. It's really consistent that God would go to Nineveh. Sure. It's consistent that he would want to help them. So, if, you know, if somebody's listening today and they're thinking, I am so far beyond help, you're not. Perhaps this program is reaching out to you. You're not beyond help. You contact us. We'll help. You know, too, it's a good, it's a, it's a good reminder for me too. Just talking about this, like nobody's worth, not worth God's love, and we need to, as Christian, um, as Christians, go out and love the people that aren't 
lovely and love the people that we the world tells us to hate. And that's so opposite to what we were told every day. And even in Christian circles, I feel like that's maybe sometimes opposite of what we're told. Um, so for me, it's a good reminder. You know, and the, more, and the more that you love yourself, which is not right, the more narcissistic you are that's loving yourself, the more everybody else bugs you. I mean, it, that's the way it is. So, you know, those that are listening even today that, that are saying, you know what? Yeah, everybody bugs me, man. Every, you know, you got to sit back a little bit and ask a few hard questions. Because you might be headed towards a Jonah moment because of the fact that, you know, that's not how you were made. Yep. You, you weren't made to be all about yourself. And, and, and one of the fruits of knowing you're on the wrong path is that you are irritated with everybody and what they think and what they say. That's not a good position to be in. It, it can be changed. But, again, you need to get in God's Word and get an older uh, mentor in your life who loves God to help you through that. Yep. Get ready to be swallowed by a whale. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome in today's yep. world? <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know what? You don't really need a whale to swallow you. Actually, you're called to wherever you're at. So if you're in college, if you're in high school, if you're in middle school, if you're in your workplace, God has you there for more than just a paycheck, more than just your education, more than just being you're supposed to be doing. If you are a Christian, if you are a believer, God has called us introverts, extroverts alike to share the gospel. And uh, he's not going to let us off the hook if we just say, well, I was afraid or I didn't really think you would save them or I just, I don't think they deserve you. You know, it's not up to us. And so that's good news. We're going to take a break. You've got it locked in to HopeNet Radio. There's more to come. So stay tuned. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, Hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to HopeNet Radio tonight. Dave and I are talking about the story of Jonah. We've been talking about money. We've been talking about stuff in life that makes us successful, or that we think makes us successful. And um, so we would love for you to also be involved in the conversation. So as you're listening tonight, if you're on podcast or you're listening, you can email us anytime, hope at hopenet360.com, or connect with us on Facebook and Twitter as well. And we would love to hear from you and get your perspective on some of these things. We don't have it all together. We don't have the exact... Sometimes we don't even know where it's at. Well, and honestly, we don't have enough time in this one show to really hammer through everything we could. So we need you to be in on this conversation as well. So tonight, we've been talking about living with abandon. We're talking about what makes us successful. Dave, I want us to get to that that part where we're talking about really what the what the whole reason is. What's the end game in the story of Jonah? What happens? Um, and what can we really take from this to not only be a Christian, but to live with abandoned live as a Christian. Yeah, you know, I think it's important that, that people realize that it's really hard to interpret or understand the Bible in little segments. Even in a whole book like Jonah, it's hard to understand what God's saying because you need to put it in the whole picture. And that's one of the things, if you're going to be someone who knows what the Bible says, is to read the Bible and look at it as a whole and not as, as, a, as a part. Um, it'd be like if I gave you a jigsaw puzzle piece and I asked you to tell me the whole picture just by one piece, you couldn't do it. It would be an unrealistic expectation. And uh, it's important that you, you see that, that you put it together in context. So as you look at the Bible, what I want you to understand is that everything that happened in the book of Jonah is consistent with the rest of the Bible. For example, Jonah desires mercy. I mean, God desires mercy, not punishment. He, he would much rather desire the people of Nineveh to be forgiven 
then punished. However, if the people of Nineveh, and we find later they do get destroyed, but because, you know, if you choose not to listen to God, that's your choice. He'll, he'll let you live that way. But you end up being miserable, running, hiding, that kind of thing. And Jonah was doing that. When he was forced to listen to God, he found out that God was right. And everybody, all the way through the Bible, you'll find out God is right someday. And you're going to find out that he's rich in mercy. And you're going to find out that he's gracious. You are going to find that out. And, and Jonah did. And, and, and if you're going to go against God for any way, shape, or form, just because you don't understand it, I mean, you may not understand it, that's fine. But if you're going to go against him, you lose. I mean, check the whole Bible. That's a, that's a theme that's recurrent. And so uh, Jonah encapsulates a, a lot of things that are going on within the Bible, and we have to understand that. And it, it doesn't really matter what your personality is. You can use it for an excuse to not serve God, or you can use it for a reason to serve God. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I've seen both. Well, not even your personality, but what about people that have disabilities? Oh, absolutely. It, it, there are no real disabilities, I don't think. And, and, I mean, there are. I mean, it, some people have a harder time doing things than others, but, but it just means they have a harder time doing them than others. Oftentimes, those with disabilities have a bigger platform. Uh, because of the fact that they've been able to understand something that allows them to love life, love getting up every day, love going to work, if you call it, or, or whatever you're doing. And, and at the same point, um, those that have it much easier, if you want to call it, you know, have no excuses, really. So, yes. so in many cases, those who think they have a disability of some sort, you're actually somebody who God can put in the spotlight because of the fact that there's no way that you're going to steal the glory that really belongs to him. In other words, when I use the word glory, that's hard. I, even as a young person, that bothered me because I didn't really get it. What I really mean by glory is that you and I were made a certain way, just like we started talking with the show about a pen. You, you and I were made a certain way. We were made to show the world who God is. And God is rich in mercy. And God is rich in grace. So that's how we live. Rich in mercy. So that's what we're, we're supposed to do. Yep. If, if you're not doing that, you're, you're malfunctioning. And if you're malfunctioning, I promise you, the inside of you today is not happy. The, the, the fruits of the Spirit are really joy, peace, that kind of stuff. Yep. The, the fruits of the not Spirit, if you want to call it, the fruits of not walking with God would be the opposite of joy, the opposite of peace. The opposite. So you can actually look in your real life, not the pretend one that you might be putting out for others to see, but you can look in your real life and you can see, here's what I'm thinking, and that will tell you really what you're living for and if you're on the same page with God and if you're actually living the way you're created. And if you're struggling with that, you need to uh, contact us and let's help you get to where you belong. And it would be good right now to just ask the question, what do you think when you hear the words grace and mercy? What do they mean to you? Email us, hope at hopenet360.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. What's your definition when you hear somebody use the word grace or the word mercy? I mean, what does that mean? Yeah, these are very significant terms. And, and even as we were talking about earlier in, in, the, in the beginning of the show, and those that have missed it, you need to go back and podcast it. And uh, it, we were talking about how the love of money can be the root of all kinds of problems. Not money itself, but the love of money can be the root. And then it said that many people, because of that, have pierced themselves. It's not God that pierces you. And then in, in the 11th verse in the 6th chapter of 1 Timothy, it says, But as for you, and here's the answer for anybody listening today. But as for you, O man of God, flee these things. Flee the things that cause you to not listen to God, not include God. Get, flee, get out of there, because they're going to destroy you. And it says, pursue righteousness, pursue godliness, pursue faith, pursue love, pursue steadfastness and gentleness, fight the good faith, take a hold of the eternal life you were called. You know, you know it's interesting, Jeff, most people 
really are in this arrangement thing with religion. They got this arrangement. They hope to get a ticket. They hope that they're better than they are worse and that God someday puts it on a scale and they win. And, And that's not what's taught. What's taught is that God wants those of us he created to live life and live it abundantly, not just to survive. He wants us to have abundant life. And, and what we need to do is be intentional then about actually looking for it, looking for how God made things, looking for how um, he made relationships, looking for how he made marriage, looking for how he made, if I'm a dad, how, how to be a dad. How to, see, we need to be intentional and pursue those things. And what it's said in First Timothy is when you pursue what's right, not, not an agenda, not trying to, but when you pursue what's right, you then will have and it goes on to talk about the fruits of the Spirit. That, that's where the love and the joy and the peace come, because you're pursuing what's right. Not because you've arrived, by the way, yeah, but because you've pursued what's right. And, and you'll still make mistakes along that way, but, but that's how you do it. Kyle, I want to know your perspective a little bit. How, how would you define your teenage years as a person of Christ? Would you, would, were you an all-in kind of a person, or were you half in, half out as far as how you lived your your faith what was that like it was it was extreme for me because my my freshman year i was i think we all kind of go through a stage where we're trying to find out who we are and uh, my cousin was extremely popular definitely not the greatest influence on me and i wanted to be cool that's what i decided my freshman year that i was going to be cool i was athletic i was always um pretty good at any sport that i played so i was already cool in that standpoint but i wanted to be cool in other standpoints so i got into stupid stuff not i mean nothing worth nothing that like truly damaged my life i would say but i started stealing things and just silly things like that i stole a bag of chips and that's that's what actually kind of what kind of turned it around for me. i stole a bag of chips got caught got suspended and then it was kind of like my parents were like you got to change something because you're going down a road that's going to lead to nothing but destruction i mean sure it was a bag of chips but they knew and um it kind of didn't really click to me till that summer and then for the rest of my high school years i would say the word that described it best would be loneliness and kind of just saying, God, I can't, I can't be all in for you and cool at the same time. Those, those things just don't mix. Um, so I sat alone at lunch tables at times, or I sat with the kids that you'd almost rather sit alone than sit with some of the kids I was sitting with. And that's not, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not making fun of anybody. I'm just saying that I took a step down because I understood that I'd have to compromise my faith to be cool. And that's that it wasn't okay with me then. Yeah. That's really interesting. I think there are a lot of young people, me included, who would say that instead of living for God, we we would rather at least be surrounded by some people who we can be with so we're not alone. And I think one of the fears that we have as students, as teenagers growing up, is when you're forming your identity and who you are, a lot of times who you are is based on who you're hanging around with. And if you're not hanging around with anybody, you have that deep loneliness or that, yeah. I, I wish, it's like an outside looking in kind of a thing. And so the big question isn't necessarily, you know, what am I willing to do to gain that? But it's, it's really, do I, do I want to be a Christian and risk being alone through high school? And yeah. so value, that's, that's one of those value questions that you have to ask. And so when you're, if you're a student right now and you have a lot of friends and you sit at a table with a lot of people, I just, I want to encourage you, if there's one thing to living with abandon that you could do from this moment forward, it's finding that person who sits alone and including them. And not because they're anything special, but just because they're a person. And knowing that those people who sit alone, that are looking for value, are looking for just some kind of significance or or some kind of purpose, you could actually be 
that vessel of hope to somebody else. And I don't think they're going to be barbaric about it. I think they would actually enjoy being able to sit at a table with other people and being included. All right. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back to this conversation. It's been good. Again, remember, email us, hope at hopenet360.com. Also, tonight, if you're needing some advice or some perspective, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at hopenet360.com. Just click on chat with a live coach, and there's a coach right there ready for you to log in and talk. So we are going to take a break. You've got it locked into HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Tonight we've been talking about living with abandon. And so if you're new to this show, I'm glad that you've hung out with us tonight. And you can connect with us anytime, hope at hopenet360.com, or go to Facebook and Twitter and connect with us there as well. Uh, Dave, Todd, Kyle. uh, Little shark puppet. Little (laughs) shark puppet. You guys cannot see this. I wish we had a video in here going, but uh, Dave is using the microphone in shark bait. It's rather humorous. We might post it on Facebook sometime. We may just use it for something. So (laughs) anyway, uh, Todd, I'm wondering, we've talked about the story of Jonah. We've talked about, you know, we know what our our commission is if we're believers, that we should be living for Christ and we need to go and share the good news with literally anybody, just like Kyle established in the last segment. And so I'm wondering from your perspective, what do you think are some obstacles to living with abandon these days? I think some of the things that... um, people struggle with um, are just misunderstanding their purpose um, that keeps them from living with that reckless abandoned fear uh, self-interest or self-focused loneliness is a big one I think um, reputation what people think about them and what people think of themselves is a big thing uh, um, excuses and distractions and <laughs> blue shark puppets <laughs> are things that distract people. Those are obviously distractions. <laughs> um, tradition, what's always been done, what's the status quo. There's this couple that got married and they were going to make a ham. The husband wanted a ham. So the wife went to the store, got a ham, came back, cut an inch off the end of the ham and then stuck it in the pan. And her husband's like, well, why do you, why do, you do that? D- does it make it taste better or what's the reason for doing that? She's like... You know, I don't know. My mom always did it. And so she called up her mom. She's like, Mom, why did we always cut the end of the ham off? Her mom was like, you know, I don't know. My grandma or my mom always did it. So then she called her mom. Grandma, why why um, did we cut the end of the ham off? Did that make it taste better? Did that make the juices flow or something? She's like, no, I just had a short pan and that's the only way it would fit in there. So for two generations, three generations, they were cutting the end of the ham off. And there was no good reason to do it. Right. And that's really how a lot of people are in their their religious life. It's like, no, I'm not going to call my great-grandma wrong. I'm not going to do that. Uh So I'm going to stay the way I am no matter what because that's what they believe. It's good enough for them. It's good enough for me. Yeah. And and if you're wrong and you're doing that, I mean, can you imagine standing before God someday and God looking at you going, why do you believe this? Because great-grandma did. Then he says, she was wrong. Oops. But grandma. Oh, snap. Yeah, but you know grandma. what I mean? That, that's a tough one. That's, that's one a tough one right there. But, standing, I mean, it's real. She it's was just a tough. saint. Uh, so tonight, if you're wrestling with any of those things, those are human feelings. And Dave, you and I have talked at length about this, but how often are you making decisions based on how you feel these days? 
You know, as I get older, um, there's a lot of things in life that I just don't feel good about. In my own life, I've learned that you cannot be guided by how you feel because your feelings will betray you. You do have them. You can't ignore them either. And I think maybe we should spend a whole show on, on talking about that. But you, you can't ignore them, but you can't let them guide you. You just have them there and you acknowledge them. But what you're able to do is, is if you know the scriptures and if you have someone in your life that's a mentor that loves God and knows the Bible, you, you can check out, do these feelings that I have, do they come from looking at the world uh, through a wrong perspective or do they come from just nowhere that I can find it or is this truth that I'm dealing with? And, and sometimes truth makes us feel guilty or feel, okay, let's talk about it and let's talk about why the truth is even there, why God said it. I think I've learned through the years that my feelings just really can't guide me. They, they've always steered me wrong. It's not that you can't have feelings. Feelings are supposed to be byproducts, not steering vessels. Yeah. That's a whole different story. So if you go out and exercise, you live right, you love people, you're going to have a certain feeling, but a pill won't give you that feeling. So you need to do the right things to get the right byproduct. And, right. and so feelings need to be in the right place. And when they're in the right place, they're great. Yes. But if they're driving you, I think you're in trouble and, yeah. and you need to rearrange that. I've heard the saying, go with your heart. You know, go, go. Pretty dangerous. With, listen to your heart. Listen to your heart. Listen to your Jeremiah heart. Jeremiah would tell you that that's, your heart's deceitful and that's above all things, Kyle. desperately wicked. It's, that's a dangerous thing to listen to. It is. And I think it has to do with just our own condition that we're self-seeking, self-pleasing people. And, right. and we, we want we want pleasure. And many of us are guilty, me included, of living after what I feel that I want, my desires first, and me first. And we have a very me first culture these days. And that's that's nothing new. No, it's, it's easy it's, it's easy to get preoccupied with the present. In other words, I have this urge, this desire now, this feeling now. And and we have a tendency to think that that feeling will never go away unless we do something to satisfy it. That yeah. that just isn't true. 15 minutes from now, you're going to have a different feeling. It's like a, a young man saying, if this girl breaks up with me, my life will never be the same. And about 15 minutes after she breaks up, he sees another girl and his life is the same. And you know, <laughs> it, it, it just doesn't work that way. Right. I, I understand for that 15 minutes, it's real. It feels real, that kind of thing. But take it from me. It, it, it's a feeling. It's going to go away. And yep. it's going to change as soon as you smell popcorn, you know, or something like that. It, it, it just changes. If you in your life are one who is living life where you're trying to just satisfy your urges, you're preoccupied with the present, you probably don't have any hope because you're looking at your own life and you're trying to get hope from you. If you really want hope, you need to go to the author of hope. You need to live in a way and understand what God has said. Right now, you might be in a hospital with cancer. You might know Jesus. You might not know Jesus. There are people today that are sick, that are not Christians and Christians. They're suffering the same way. The, the person that is not a Christian, the person that doesn't have God in their life, the only hope that they're going to have is in doctors and medicine and nurses and technology. Those who have Jesus Christ in their life, the hope that they have is the fact that God can heal them. And if he doesn't choose to heal them right now, he will heal them. When, they're, when they are with him forever. See, in one area, you've got no hope, none. In another area, you've got hope. Our program is called HopeNet 360. Because really, God offers us hope. Every one of us, as, as we understand his love, we understand that he's rich in mercy, we are people that can then go and accept what God offers to us. Now, in order to accept that, 
You need to be in a position where you know that you have a need, as we talked about with orphans. And when you do that, you say, God, I have a need. I'm sinful. I'm trusting myself. It's not working this way. You're right. No matter if you're rich or poor, no matter where you are in your athletic career, no matter where, if you are trying to put hope in yourself and in your resources and in your money, in your job, in your family, you will find out that it abandons you and you will have no hope. The only hope comes from our God. And and we invite you to be in a relationship with him and enjoy what that means because it will give you hope during life's toughest times. Notice I didn't say there won't be tough times. Yes. I I just said it will give you hope during those tough times. And that's what will sustain you. So tonight if you need hope, if that's your first and foremost thing, there's a live coach waiting to talk to you tonight who will give hope, who will offer hope, who will help explain what that hope is and where it comes from and how you can get it. So go to Hopenet360.com and chat with the live coach, Dave, Kyle, Todd. I, I really want to close tonight's show with a couple of really upcoming things that are exciting. We're going to be doing a couple segments at least on the Dear Me letters. What we're asking for you next week is to email us a letter with meaningful words, phrases, whatever, that you want someone to tell you. If you're a teenager or a young adult, think 10, 15 years down the road. What things do you want to hear someone tell you? Write that letter and then email us at hope at hopenet360.com. If you're a parent, a grandparent, godmother, godfather, whomever, uh, you can also write a letter, but instead change the perspective. Write it to your younger self, what you would want someone who is older or another mentor or someone to speak to you, words that were significant to you at a younger age. You can also email us those letters, dear me letters, at hope at hopenet360.com. So along with that, Next week, we're also going to have a chance to sit down and chat. I'll be able to sit down and chat with Andrew Schwab from Project 86, a a very well-known rock band. He has a new book out. We're going to talk to him and ask him some questions about the purposelessness of today's men in our society. So you're not going to want to miss that interview. Uh, It's going to be a good one. Also, this upcoming month, we're looking for more coaches to come and be a part of these chat lines. So for those who have logged in and who have talked to a live coach, we're, we're needing more coaches. And if you're interested, if you are an adult, 18 and over, you can become a live spiritual coach. So go to hopenet360.com slash coach and consider becoming an online spiritual coach through Groundwire. All the information is there. The application's online. You can connect with us there. And if you have any questions, again, remember, email us, hope at hopenet360.com. We'd be glad to answer any questions that you have. So, guys, tonight this has been a packed show. Remember, the conversation is going to continue on Facebook and Twitter and on email through the week. Connect with us there. Download our podcast on iTunes. Many of you have done that already. Share it with your friends. We would love for you to do that and just continue this conversation online. So thanks again for joining us tonight. You've been listening to Dave, Kyle, Todd, and Jeff. And it's been another great night with you. Thanks for sticking around with us tonight on HopeNet Radio. Bye, guys. Bye.